Welcome back to the Punt Return Podcast, uh, the second half of our season preview. Hopefully you've just finished listening to the first half of our season preview and some of those burning questions and talking points around the teams that finished last season with a negative record. As we head into the second half, uh, we start with the Washington Commanders, your old team, Ryan. Uh, how, uh, how are you feeling about your old mob? How did I know that was coming? But yeah, it's funny. Um, we just paused halfway with 16 teams and uh, the other, and it was 16 teams exactly with a losing record last year and 16 teams with a winning record because they were just on the positive side of the ledge of the Commanders with an 8-8-1 eight, eight and one record last year. But yes, the old mob have finally got a new owner. Dan Snyder is out and finally the Washington Commanders fans, old and new, can rejoice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of your boys who used to own the um, 76ers as well, I think he's... Mm-hmm. John Harris, I think his name is. I think Josh uh, Harris. Yep, Josh Harris. Sorry, he's taken over, and hopefully it's a new regime in Washington. But uh, I do feel bad for him because it is going to be a tough task this year in the NFC East. Uh, of course, Riverboat Ron got him to a winning record last year, but it wasn't enough to sneak them into the playoffs. But uh, we did see some improvement from the Commanders last year, and um, some other big changes. Obviously, is going to be the quarterback situation in Washington. Finally. Um, Taylor Heineke let go, uh, did a stellar job in his um, in the absence of you know a failed experiment with Carson Wentz and the like. But uh, we finally get to see Sam Howell, who who won the spot over Jacoby Brissett, and it wasn't even a contest. Apparently, uh, he shone in in training camp, the rookie. So uh, we'll see we'll see what happens in Washington with Sam Howell at the helm. Obviously, they've got a guy named by the name of Terry McLaurin. Um, they've got some handy running backs in Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson. And uh, they've still got a guy called Chase Young and a few other weapons on the defensive end. We know how disappointing they were a season ago in terms of defense, which is something they really held their hat on last or the season before. But kind of regressed on that side um, last year. But I think they can get back to a more defensive-minded uh, game. But uh, I still think they're going to be up against it in that pretty tough NFC East and uh, the only saving grace for him is that there hasn't been a repeated champion back in that uh, division since um, I think almost 20 years ago or bang on 20 years ago. So it's a very wide open division historically and we don't see teams often um, have success for too long or go on a run like we've seen in um, with the New England Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs and the like in recent times. But uh, I just don't see the Commanders being that team this year. But, um, yeah, I think, again, around that eight wins is probably their ceiling. And, you know, if they can get to 500, I think the, the fan base would be happy. But maybe it is a rebuilding season and maybe they do need to bottom out um, a little bit, again, just to kind of see that talent through the door. They, I think they surprised a few people with the way mm. that they kind of finished finished last season and, and potentially performed a little bit better. Um, obviously, like you mentioned, defensively, they weren't the force that I think we expected them to preseason. Uh, but, yeah, I think they, they showed some signs in the second half of the year and, and obviously pushing the Giants for a, for, for a, a wild card spot um, down the stretch was an interesting watch for the NFC East. So you, you bang on about, you know, the, the, the no-repeat uh, division champions for, for a while. But I, I'm hoping that, that this year is is a little bit different that break, we break that cycle. But I think the the big question for all listeners of, of this podcast, Ryan, is now that now that Snyder's out, are you back on the bandwagon? <laughs> I 
Oh, you are right. You're right. I I certainly do owe you a bottle. And and to be honest, I'd completely forgotten. I'd completely forgotten about that. And but you are right. I do owe you a bottle of something. So uh, it, it must still be in. Clear. It must have been lost. Must have been lost. I never never followed up the tracking. I'll go find it and see what happened. But um, you you're you're right. You're right. I do owe you something. Um, that week one matchup against the Cardinals is going to be an interesting one just to kind of see how how the commanders line up um, and I guess what they're expecting out of their their new rookie QB. But it is, like you said, a, a tough division for the commanders and I'd be very, very surprised if if they made it out uh, into the postseason. Uh, another franchise that, that surprised was the Seattle Seahawks. I think everyone was expecting that it was going to be a really tough year for the Seahawks. Uh, but... Geno Smith had one of the comeback seasons of of the ages. Um, they finished nine and eight. They had a positive points differential, but they were one of only eight teams to concede 400 or more points. Uh, and I think all of those other uh, seven teams finished with a negative record, a, a very negative record. Uh, we know that they've got some power on offense. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, uh, their, their first round draft pick, the, the wide receiver out of Ohio State, Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think is how you pronounce it, but I'm I'm not uh not that confident on it. Um Jason. They've got <laughs> Jackson. Jackson. Jason Jackson. Uh they've got Jackson. some power on offense. That's the I think that's the main the main point. But their defense does clearly need to get better. Um but they've certainly invested over the over the offseason. They've brought in uh onto the defensive line Draymond Jones and, and Jaron Reed. Uh, safety Julian Love, Bobby Wagner comes back to Seattle, which is a, a, a great story. Uh, Devin Witherspoon, the number five pick out of Illinois in the draft. Uh, Jamal Adams returns from from a long term injury. I think he got injured in week one last season, and yeah. we haven't seen him since. Uh, obviously, a, a big return for the Seahawks defense. What are you expecting out of Seattle? I think another great season from Seattle. Obviously, they they took all before him last year. We saw, you know, the the absolute. Um, I don't even know what you call it, but they 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 took the the ransom from the Denver Broncos, didn't they? And and of course mm, made the playoffs with um with a backup quarterback essentially, while they got all this draft capital, all these great trades from from Denver, and then finished nine and eight. And of course, were able to secure that number five pick. I mean, they were they were just loving the uh, Denver shamozzle, I suppose it was in Denver, watching them kind of bottom out because it got them Devin Witherspoon for this year, who's um, a cornerback from Illinois, as you mentioned, is going to be an absolute star in this league from all reports. And, you know, there's, there's, it's never a, a, um, a sure thing with these guys that are highly touted and drafted highly, but he, he looks like a ready-made player and is going to mm. add a lot to that defense that, you know, as you mentioned quite rightly, were pretty poor last year and it's the one thing that probably held him back. And, you know, we, we saw him go toe-to-toe with some San Francisco in that um in that opening half of of the wild card game last year in um, in San Francisco, but um, they were quickly quickly demolished in that second half once Brock Purdy and his boys took over, and the defense just couldn't get a stop. And that's that's the that's the main thing for Seattle. If they can improve, they'll need to improve on the defensive end. But I still think um, they'll obviously be pushing San Francisco for that um, for the NFC West title, and I've got them in. Um, 
uh, as a wildcard team again this year, season. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting one. I've, I've got them as a, a wildcard team as well. And I think that the Niners, you mentioned that that good first half against the Niners, but outside of that, they really did get a hold of them, didn't they, the, the Niners, and, and really kind of beat down on them mm. uh, late in games and, and put points up. And, you know, we, we talk about the the improvements they need to make on defense. I think they've done that from a, a draft and, and free agency perspective. Um, Bobby Wagner had the top PFF uh, grade amongst all linebackers last season, which is an amazing development given he was at the Rams who who had a really underwhelming season. But but Bobby Wagner's still, he's been in the league for a long time. He's still a very, very good player. Um, and just, you know, while we're talking about very, very good players, Geno Smith, um, you know, nobody expected much, obviously, heading into, into the season. It was, you know, who was going to be that starting QB? Was it going to be Geno Smith or was it going to be Drew Locke? And, and obviously, Geno Smith won that spot and, and ran with it. Um, one of the things that I discovered when I was kind of looking through some some, some stats before we uh, we recorded this episode, Geno Smith threw for for four thousand two hundred eighty two yards, thirty touchdowns, but he had a higher passer rating than Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and a host of other QBs, but a one hundred point nine passer rating, which was higher than Joe Burrow and Josh Allen, who were uh, you know I guess in in that second level of, of MVP candidacy mm-hmm. in, in playoff teams, which is a, an amazing story for Geno Smith. Yeah, it's certainly one of the, the stories of last season, wasn't it? That, you know, Geno Smith, the guy that was discarded and from the league for so long, um, you know, got his opportunity and, and he took it with both hands and it was a, a f- fantastic feel-good story for the Seattle Seahawks and, and Geno Smith in particular. But, uh, yeah, I think obviously the team's would have worked him out a little bit more now and he definitely didn't finish the season like he started but uh, he was still very, very handy and they've still got a lot of talent on that uh, offensive side as we've just mentioned and then of course JSN, he's going to be a star and he looks to be the um, the number one wide receiver in the country out of college so looking forward to watching him play and uh, I think they get a, they get a win um, first up against the Rams in, in week one. Moving on to another team that surprised and and probably for different reasons. The Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, halfway through the season, looked like they were going to hand Mike Tomlin his first losing season in, I don't know, what is it, 12 years, 14 years in the, in the league? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, 15 or so, I think. 15 years Crazy. in the league, something, something like that. Um, only five teams scored less points than the Pittsburgh Steelers last season. Uh, but... They finished on on a bit of a run. They won they won four consecutive games to, to finish the season, and got to that positive positive win record, which is is quite amazing. They finished at nine and eight. So Mike Tomlin still hasn't had a losing season in all that time uh, as head coach of the Steelers in the league, which is just an amazing story. And I think they're in a good spot to continue that run this year. They've, they're getting another year into into Kenny Pickett, um, into George Pickens, who's obviously a huge talent. Uh, obviously, just needs to get some get some consistency into his game, and um, you know, kind of build on on his second half of last season. Obviously, Deontay Johnson's a huge talent and, and can be anything. Uh, needs some good quarterback play to, to be able to, you know, I guess elevate his level again. But they've brought in Allen Robinson, uh, Pat Frymouth at, at tight end. They've got some talent there when you add in Najee Harris, who's one of the best runners on the ground. Jalen Warren's come in, and and I think he is going to be a really good kind of complementary piece on the ground. Can can uh, catch out of the out of the backfield as well. Um, and I think they've they've improved the, um, the the defense as well. Patrick Peterson comes in to replace Cameron Sutton. How much left he's got in the tank is going to be a question. Uh, Isaac Somalo comes in from Philadelphia to improve the offensive line. 
they had a really good draft as well. You know, by by Football Outsiders' opinion, they, they've compiled um, opinions of a bunch of you know draft experts, and and the Steelers got the second best consensus grade amongst all those experts. They've brought in the tackle Broderick Jones, uh, cornerback Joey Porter Jr., who, who I think is going to start and, and be productive straight away. Um, and while we're talking about being productive. TJ Watt, who are, you know, people, listeners of, of this show over the last couple of years know that I've banged on about TJ Watt year after year after year. But I stand firm in saying that TJ Watt might actually be the NFL's most valuable player. Without TJ Watt last year, the Pittsburgh Steelers allowed 389.9 yards and 25.3 points per game. But with TJ Watt, they allowed just 288.8 yards and 16.9 points per game, which is just. Uh, it, it's inconceivable the difference that TJ Watt makes for that Steelers defense. He is just an absolute beast. I've got him winning the um, Defensive Player of the Year award. I've got him leading the league in sacks this season. Uh, I think he's going to have another outstanding year. Um, Ryan, what have you got for the Steelers? Uh, look, I think um, you've hit the nail on the head. There's a lot of talent on that roster now, and they're starting to, you know, without kind of bottoming, bottoming out, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers have quickly rebuilt and they've got a lot of talent on that roster and that's one of the amazing things about that franchise have obviously been super successful, won the most, equal most Super Bowls in the in, in the league and then of course to not have a losing season in 15 seasons with Mike Tomlin under the helm, like it's just remarkable and the fact that they can stay so competitive and now with a, a second year quarterback who... I'm big on it. I really liked Kenny Pickett's finish the last year. And, of course, with his, his number one man in George Pickens, they looked like the Pickett and Pickens combination looked like a, a really, really strong one for, for the Steelers moving forward. And then, of course, they've still got some some weapons on the ground that you mentioned. And then, like you said, the MVP, the Defensive Player of the Year, TJ Watt. And I've, I've followed you in here. I can't deny that. I've had to get on the TJ Watt bandwagon. I, was, <laughs> I went against you last year with Nick Bosa, but, of course, TJ had his injury concerns and, um, you know, a, a healthy TJ Watt is probably the best in the league and uh, I'll have to agree with that. And, again, it, it's just a, a incredible, incredibly strong AFC North. I mean, um, the Browns were the worst team in it last year with an 8-9 and nine record. Um, we saw the Ravens and, and the Bengals both make the playoffs and um, I, I've got them both making the playoffs again this year. Whether or not the Browns and Steelers are good enough to kind of cash in and jump in a, a very crowded AFC, I'm not too sure. But I, I do like the Steelers. I think they'll be around the mark again with a similar record. Just don't know if they can take that next big step over the Bengals quite yet, or, or the Ravens for that matter. But, um, yeah, a very um, a very solid team. And, uh, again, they're going to be around the mark for that wild card berth. It is a really tough division, as, as you've touched on. And that... that... Pickett Pickens combination is is really intriguing, and you know we've seen some highlights uh, over the last twelve months out of that that combination. I'm expecting now that they've spent you know a whole year together that 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 will only increase. I think George Pickens has the ability to to be in the highlights reel every every week of the season, and uh, expecting some big things out of him. And yeah, TJ, what I, th- I think it was Drake, uh, I think it was Drake who a week ago or so kind of challenged. TJ Watt to, to break the single season sacks record, which he shares with Michael Strahan, um, 22 and a half sacks for, for a single season and said that he would pay 500 K to, uh, to TJ Watt's favorite charity. If, uh, if Watt could go and break that single season sack record. So I think we'll see, uh, yeah, a, a pretty determined TJ Watt again this year. Um, and if he can stay fit and healthy, then, then this Steelers team 
could be anything. Uh, another talented franchise, the Miami Dolphins, Ryan, finished 9-8 and eight last year. I think they surprised a few people again. They've got the talent, but can they make the playoffs out of that that really tough AFC East? Yeah, this is this is the the burning question for the Dolphins, who again looked like world beaters in, at times last year, and then and then had some really inconsistent performances. And the thing with the Dolphins, they can beat anyone on their day, and we saw how accurate and and strong Tua started the season. He kind of regressed a little bit. He obviously had a a number of head knocks and and concussion issues. We had we saw Teddy Bridgewater jumping in. We saw Skyler. Um, gone blank on his last name, but um, the other third quarterback that's gone in for the Dolphins last year, who's still on the roster, but it's, yeah, they, they kind of saw a season slip last year with a few bad injuries, mm. but obviously they've got um, Tyra Kill and Jalen Waddle, probably the most dynamic duo, um, one-two wide receiver punch in the NFL, of course. Uh, they've just added Jalen Ramsey, who, who obviously is not the same Jalen Ramsey from a couple of seasons ago, I don't think, but... Um, it's some some talent on that defense as well, but uh, again, playing in probably the, the arguably the the toughest division in football in the AFC East, they've now got the Jets, who are obviously improved with Aaron Rodgers coming into the division. They've still got to compete with the Bills and Josh Allen, who's absolutely dominated that franchise for the last um, half a decade or so. So yeah, up against it here, the Dolphins, and again, I think they can probably finish for something similar again: nine, eight, nine, ten wins. Again, is that enough to get him into the playoffs in a crowded AFC? I'm not too sure. I don't know if I've put him in my wild card spot at this stage. Um, it is a very loaded AFC, as I've mentioned. So wait and see on the Dolphins. But um, a really entertaining game to start start with when they travel to LA to play the Chargers. That'll be a really interesting watch. Absolutely, and and I think we saw you know when when Tua and Tyreek Hill are on the field together, then you know. All, Almost anything can happen. I think Tyreek was on on pace to break the uh, the single season mm. uh, receiving yards record uh, over the, the first month of the of the season or first six weeks of the season before before Tua started with those um, concussion issues. But yeah, I mean that that combination of of Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle is super dangerous uh, and and really could could drive the, the the Dolphins to the playoffs. But you know, it, it, everything's going to have to go right. You know, they can't afford to, to lose Tua again this season uh, because we saw what happened when when he was out last year. Um, but, you know, any team that's got Tyreek Hill and, and Raheem Mostert making making plays down the field, then, you know, I think they, they, can, they can do it. Like you said, they've got talent. But the, the question is, you know, the, the teams around them, um, how much headway they can make into, into the Jets and... And those teams, and and potentially push for for a wild card spot. Um, speaking of a wild card spot, a team that that ultimately won the division uh, in the the final week of the season last year was Jacksonville, uh, and the Jaguars. Uh, they come up against the the Indianapolis Colts. They finished last season nine and eight. Uh, hell of a run to finish their season of five consecutive wins to finish the season. They finished tenth, uh, quite easily in the top half of the competition for points scored with o- over four hundred. Um, I guess the question with with the Jags is how much can we expect them to, to get better after the second half of that season and how far can Trevor Lawrence take them? I mean, if he takes that that kind of next step in, in his career and his development, you know, does he become all of a sudden part of that that next level of, of MVP candidates? Yeah, I, I'm big on the Jacksonville Jag, Jaguars this year. I think they're an absolute lock to win that division. I mean... Um, I think around $1.60 you can get at this stage, which seems like massive overs for a team that 
really looks the only team on paper that can can win that division. I mean, they're absolutely stacked full of talent. Well, in compare comparison to their comparison to their um, rivals in that same division, and of course, Trevor Lawrence by far and away the best quarterback in that division. And we saw him take another big leap last year, and I think he'll continue to do that. And yes, I do think he's in the MVP conversation. I've got him as my dark horse this season. I didn't I did expect a little bit longer odds for him, but the fact that he's going to be competing against some pretty average teams twice mm. in the season, obviously he's got the Colts, Texans, and, and Titans twice this year. His stats should be looking pretty good, and I think um, he leads his team to a playoff um, and a division crown. So um, I think, like you said, they, they finished off with some momentum last year. They Five consecutive wins to finish the regular season. Um, became a bit more of a point-scoring machine. They've got... Um, Trevor Etienne, who finally debuted for the for the for the franchise last year, looked awesome. And then Calvin Ridley. I mean, everyone forgets how talented that guy is. Mm. I mean, he he was an absolute star of this league, and or looking like a star of this league. And um, to add him to to Trevor Lawrence's arsenal and his armory, um, it's going to be very exciting to watch. So I'm big on the Jacksonville Jags. I think they um, win the division with at least ten wins this year. Um, if they were nine and eight last year, I think they'll easily get to double digits this year. And I think, as you mentioned, Jackson, uh, Lawrence could be a, a smoky or a dark horse for the MVP. But yeah, they're 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 a playoff team again this year, and I think they're a division winner once again. Yeah, I think you've you've hit the nail on the head there. I'm not sure I've got too much to add. I'd, I'd be incredibly surprised if they didn't just about sweep the division um, and, and take essentially all those games. I know. You know, division matchups and division rivalries are always hard to predict, but um, you know they do seem like they are a class above on both sides of the ball and on offense and defense. You know they've got some talented pieces on that defensive line as well, and uh, you know I, I'd be expecting them to win that that division fairly easily with the amount of talent they've got. Again, like like you said, in comparison to uh, the Colts and the Texans and uh, and those guys around them, but uh, the Detroit Lions. Ryan, start their season against the Super Bowl winning Kansas City Chiefs. Surprisingly, ended the season uh, with a positive win-loss record and, and a positive points differential. Uh, ended the season fifth for points scored, which is a huge result, but they just leaked points week after week after week, and, and they they won quite a few shootouts. Um, but there are some serious expectations around the offense in Detroit. Yeah, and I think their their clear issue that they've needed to address over the offseason is that that defensive line or the rush defense in particular, they allowed a um, a season high five point two yards per carry last year. Sorry, second most in the league last year at five point two yards per carry. Um, scoring is definitely not an issue. They like you said, um, they they do that they do that very well. They've they've added some more talent onto the the offensive side of the ball. Um, I mean, Jamar Gibbs looks to be a special talent, I think, and, and him and Bajan Robinson look to be the the obvious two kind of candidates for Offensive Rookie of the Year. They're going to get the most usage, and I think I've kind of selected Jamar Gibbs just because I think he's going to be playing in a better team, in a winning team, and be used a lot. Um, obviously, they've added David Montgomery from their division rival as well, um, and they've added um, some pretty another key rookie in Sam Laporta who will, who will act as their number one tight end. Uh, um, they've got a stud in Amaron St. Brown, so their offensive line is phenomenal. They've still got a couple of pro bowlers there. They um, they scored heavily last year, and I think they've only strengthened their offensive line in the off season. They're well set up for success, and it's and it's scary to think that 
a team like the Lions and the Jets could be winning their respective divisions this year. But I think um, I'm on the Lions bandwagon. I can't wait to see how they go against um, the Chiefs. I think it's a great opportunity for them to, to showcase or at least see where they're at against the um, the best team in the league or at least the reigning Super Bowl champions. And I think Dan Campbell will have them up for a, a huge primetime game. Do I think they can beat the Chiefs on the road in week one? Probably not, but... If they give a good account for themselves, I think that holds them in, in good stead to win that division, the NFC North. They are favourites for it, um, which is, again, the only concerning part for me, that they do have that sense of expectation going into this season, having not won the division for 30 years. So um, it's it's going to be, a, you know, hopefully a good season for long-suffering Lions fans who missed out on the playoffs last year by a tiebreaker. So... Um, they deserve some luck, and I think they'll get it this year. And I think they are a playoff team in a weaker NFC. Yeah, I think you know you mentioned uh, Jameer Gibbs, and and I think that you know what speaks to the the high regard that that the Lions franchise see him in is that they were so willing to let DeAndre Swift, who was kind of their franchise running back for for a number of years, uh, you know, let him go to to a, a Super Bowl fancy in, in Philadelphia. Uh, and strengthen uh, an already pretty serious offense uh, is that they were they were you know happy to let DeAndre Swift leave because they knew that that they've got Mr. Gibbs coming in and and he looks like a special talent you know he can he can uh, catch balls out of the backfield and, and make a difference he's he's an impact guy on the ground um, yeah I'd be very surprised if he wasn't in that uh, offensive rookie of the year conversation come the end of the season um, the New York Giants start their season with a division rivalry against the Dallas Cowboys. Another team that surprisingly finished with a positive win-loss record. I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, you you were pretty bullish coming into the into the season on the Giants, but um, I'm not sure even even you would have seen them with, with nine wins and, and seven losses on the season. Um, they are a playoff team, obviously. Um, yeah, Danny Dimes uh, was a career year, and they, they've added some pretty handy uh, some pretty handy talent. Ryan. Yeah, I think the Giants, yeah, certainly surprised last year. I definitely didn't have them winning nine games. I can't remember what our line was. I think it was around maybe six and a half or or something like that, or even maybe five and a half. But they they definitely. Have- I think that was the uh, that was the bet that that yeah. I I lost, wasn't yeah, it? I think it was seven seven yeah, games. Maybe they need to win seven, but I mean, they did that pretty quickly and they they got off to a really strong start. Um, Brian Dable really installed some confidence and belief in that team. But I think the the main part to last year's success was obviously a healthy Saquon Barkley, and we forgot how, mm. how talented that man was, and he kind of led the team in all the key stats. It did, it did help when Daniel Jones was a lot better last year. He was a lot better at keeping <clears> – <throat> um, he didn't do anything amazing. I think he used his legs really well last year. He, his, mm. his passing was better, but um, the key thing was that he didn't turn the ball over. And – um, the Giants were just careful with the with the ball. They they limited their turnovers. They've um, they unearthed a couple of good wide receivers. Isaiah Hodgins in in particular had a really strong finish to the year. They've got a couple of good rookies. Jalen Hyatt is one to look out for this year. But of course, um, Darren Waller is going to make a huge impact as well. Um, finally, a big tight end to have in the big blue and. Um, he's going to be kind of Daniel Jones's safety blanket, I think, this year, and I think that's going to only help guys like Saquon Barkley to to kind of um, emerge even further. And uh, I mean, he only, I know he only took a one year deal, and there was a lot of um, conjecture whether he'd hold out, but um, he did come back and he signed for the, at least that one year. And 
Um, Kayvon Thibodeau, their number one pick from last year, was um, was was really, really, really strong when he came into the team. He had a, a late start um, to his career last year, well, a late start to his rookie campaign last year, but he came in and looked really, really solid. And I think the Giants have only improved, if anything. They haven't made a huge wholesale changes to their roster, but they've added some nice pieces. They haven't really lost any key ones. And I think... Um, They'll be again round the mark for 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 a wild card spot. I don't know if they can quite challenge your boys or the Cowboys for a division title this year, but um, yeah, I reckon nine ten wins is is their ceiling, and um, if they can get you know around that nine wins again, that that gives them every chance to sneak into the playoffs once again. Yeah, really, I think it's been it's been a really quietly impressive off season for for the Giants. Like you said, Darren Waller is a huge addition uh, into that offense, and and just providing another option uh, for Daniel Jones for those you know, small, short little dump passes mm. that Darren Waller can take for extra yardage. You know, he's such a big body. He's incredibly strong. Uh, he's got great legs and and that core strength to be able to, you know, push through tackles and, and break tackles and, and get that extra two or three yards um, is going to be such a, a bonus for the Giants. And like you said, just providing some more space um, and spread the field for Saquon Barkley to be that difference maker. You know, he, if if everything can go to plan in in New York and and everyone stays healthy, then Saquon gets back in that conversation for Offensive Player of the Year and um, potentially even even in MVP conversation. The way that he can contribute um, in, in so many different ways. So, yeah, I'm I'm intrigued by what the Giants look like. Uh, this season, obviously, they've brought in Isaiah Simmons uh, that you've you've mentioned here in our uh, in our run sheet. Um, they didn't give up much for him. I think it was a seventh seventh round pick or something yeah. traded for for Simmons, and um, you know, again, can just be a, a difference maker. Um, doesn't have to play every snap, but but can be a difference maker and and help the Giants go from a nine win team to a ten, even an eleven win team, uh, which you know, in, in this division. It is such a tough division, such an open conference that, you know, potentially enough for, for another wildcard spot. So I think the sky's the limit for the Giants. And I think they'd be pretty bullish coming into the season. Yeah, 100%. I don't think um, they should be aiming for anything lower than a playoff spot again. I think um, if they're able to do that, they should be able to improve on that from from, from a season ago. And, um, yeah, keep knocking on the door for, for an NFC East title if, if one of the top two stumble. Now, it's pretty rare that you talk about a team that finished 10-7 and and still underwhelmed, but the Los Angeles Chargers, I think, have been a source of frustration for so many people, fans and and punters and and bettors over the last couple of years. Um, Can they finally take that next step? There is so much talent in Los Angeles. It's it's such a loaded roster, and I think we both um, went out on a limb a little bit last year and both tipped the Chargers to knock off the Chiefs. to win that AFC West division, maybe we're a season too early. Maybe this is the time for Justin Herbert and the Chargers in 2023. But yeah, as far as I've seen from just watching, they didn't pass the sniff test last year, the Chargers. There was no way they were <laughs> good enough to be a 10-7 and 7 team. I mean, well, they were good enough, obviously, but they just didn't look like a really well-oiled machine. They ground out some, some pretty ugly victories. Um, they lost games they should have won. They, they found themselves... Winning games that you know maybe that we didn't expect, or that you know found some um, some luck late in games, but yeah, from from a ten, ten and seven season, it was it was pretty underwhelming, I, I thought, and uh, they really need to improve if they're going to challenge the Chiefs this year. I think um, 
they match up really well against the Chiefs. They had a um, a chance to knock them off in week two last year. It all went pear-shaped with that that interception and a few other injuries to Justin Herbert. But um, if he can stay healthy, we know how good he can be. And, um, you know, they've still got one of the most talented rosters in the whole NFL. And I think, um, yeah, there'll they'll be a playoff team again this year, I believe. But uh, whether or not they can kind of challenge with the Chiefs again, like I said, maybe we were a season too early with our prediction. But um, they look well, well, they look ready-made to kind of make a run again, the Chargers. So... Uh, let's see what happens with Brendan Staley. That's going to be the big question of what they do with their head coach. And, um, you know, if he doesn't perform this year, I could easily see him out the door because of the talent on that roster. So pressure's on in LA, but um, I think the Chargers will will have another really strong season. And, and like I mentioned, when we when we previewed the Dolphins, that, that week one matchup against them, that's going to be a, a, a belt. I can't wait to watch that one. Yeah, it's a really interesting one. I think both you and I mentioned at the start of last season that, you know, for, for the, the Chargers to take that next step, then so much of that responsibility sat with Brandon Staley to kind of cut down on the, the, the boneheaded decisions and and I guess the, the mental mistakes that have that kind of crept into their game the, the previous season. And, and I'm not sure we saw that yet. And and so in that regard, it is a bit of a surprise that they've they've given him that leash. I know it was a, a positive season, ten and seven, but like you said, it was for a team that finished ten and seven with that win loss record, it was a really underwhelming season. And I think we we both agree that there is so much talent in that franchise and that roster that they should be a you know a 12 13 win team almost almost automatically um and that Justin Herbert should be in the MVP conversation that you know there is so much talent they should be demolishing teams um you know week after week and and they're just not they don't do that you know they make too many mistakes um whether it's in the play calling or decision making or or whatever that um you know, it, it's held them back, I think, two years straight now. Uh, obviously, Kellen Moore is in the seat uh, as offensive coordinator. It's going to be interesting to see kind of what they do on the offensive end with Justin Herbert and and kind of the, the sort of leash they give him to be calling plays on the field um, because that is kind of the next step for him as, as you know, the franchise QB that, that he's going to be calling plays and, and making decisions on field, almost like that extra coach. Um, but, yeah, really interesting to see what happens. I think you're right. And if, if they can't, if they can't put it together, then then Brandon Staley's in a bit of trouble, I think. And uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure a 10-7 season gets it done for, for the Charters. And um, you know, I think that they've got to be expecting more than that. Uh, and you know, ultimately, they should be they should be looking at winning the division. I know it's the it's the Chiefs, um, but you know that that's got to be the goal that they win the division. And and you know, they're they're a certain playoff team. I think they've got the talent to do it. But they've just got to put all those all those things together and and actually get it done. And we just haven't seen them seen them do that for for a period of time. That that's a bit frustrating. Uh, I think as you know, whether you're a fan or or just a team that's been been watching them for a while, uh, it's certainly been frustrating to watch uh, the Chargers go about it over the last couple of years. Another team that's been really frustrating to watch, I guess, for different reasons. And you know, injury and and. Uh, personnel issues in in Baltimore has been a, a huge issue. Uh, again, finished ten and seven last season, uh, positive points differential, but they they ended the season really poorly, two consecutive losses, and um, you know really really kind of cost themselves late in the year. And they start week one against the against Houston, and uh, I think they're going to be looking at you know a, a stronger season. Hopefully, they can have everyone fit and firing for for the the duration of the year, but. 
you know, it's a massive question mark around the Baltimore Ravens. Are they going to improve or are they going to get worse? Yeah, well, this is the thing for the Ravens. They've never had uh, a talented kind of group um, at wide receivers they have probably this year. And, um, you know, since Lamar Jackson came into the league, the Ravens have averaged a tick under 27 points per game, um, which is almost exactly what the Chiefs have averaged since Mahomes came in with 27.3. So finally, Jackson has some weapons he does need to bounce back. He had obviously had some injuries last season as well. But he's got a vet called Odell Beckham Jr., who's a Super Bowl winner. We know mm-hmm. what his talent. And then he's got a rookie called Zay Flowers, who looks ready-made, ready to explode. Rashad Bateman still has that talent and <clears throat> ability. Hasn't really shown it yet in the pros. But Zay Flowers looks like he could be the man. And um, the problem with the, the Ravens has been the receiving corps. They've only... Um, combined for last year for just over 1,500 yards um, per season, which is which is phenomenal. There was blokes like Tyreek Hill who had over that um, by themselves, of course, but the whole Ravens receiving team only had over just a tick over 1,500 yards for the whole season. So big, big watch on um, on the Ravens. I think they're, they're well stacked, though, to, to kind of make a run again, um, especially if Lamar Jackson can can get back to his to his brilliant best. The issue is obviously in the defensive defensive end. There's some 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 big um, holes um, with some injuries. Marlon Humphrey is going to miss the start of the season with some foot surgery. Um, Ronald Darby, Jalen, and Moore Davis are all kind of coming off injuries. So we'll see what happens in Baltimore. But um, they look the obvious challenger for mine to Cincinnati in the AFC North. But um, and we know how well coached and well drilled they are. So. Let's see what happens in, in Baltimore, but they could be a, a team to watch. And I've got them as a wildcard team um, in this year for this season. <clears throat> it, it is a really tough division. We've, we've already spoken about uh, the Steelers and, and the Browns, obviously, and we'll get to the Bengals shortly. But, uh, yeah, I mean, th- there's so much range for, for movement in that division, isn't there, that, you know, the, the Ravens could end up as a, a seven-win team or they could end up as a 12-win team. And, it's just it's gonna be really interesting. I think you know J.K. Dobbins hopefully is is fit for the entire season for the first time, and you know just provides another avenue to to to, to running the ball mm. and and um, you know taking some of the pressure off Lamar Jackson because he's carried that franchise offensively for for the last kind of four years um, and desperately needs some help. And I think you've hit the nail on the head with that receiving core and that, that finally they've given they've given him some pieces and they've prioritized passing the ball and it's gonna be really interesting to see how much they take advantage of that talent now through the air so some question marks but there is some some room for improvement there is some room for positivity around Baltimore and um, I think fans kind of have a lot to, to look forward to out of the Ravens this season um, we get into the the seriously good teams now and yeah, we're talking not just positive win-loss records, but but seriously good teams. We look at the Dallas Cowboys, uh, finished 12-5 and five last season, 125 points uh, plus points differential, uh, equal best in the league, 8-1 and one record at home, third for points scored. Yeah, they're a seriously good team, Dallas, and, and I think last season they just – you know, they just couldn't quite get over the, the Eagles in that NFC East, but um, they're going to be going for that that uh, that division title, aren't they? Yeah, of course, and I think that's 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 the, what they're going to expect to win. Um, the Dallas Cowboys always expect to win the Super Bowl, let alone the the division title. So <laughs> um, they they need to win a playoff playoff game. <laughs> that would first. help. That would help. Um, yeah, look, <clears throat> they are. Uh, 
An interesting team, aren't they, the Cowboys? I mean, we know how talented they are on defense. That's clearly their, their strength of the team. They, Demarcus Lawrence, Mark Parsons, Dante Fowler Jr., Dorrance Armstrong, they're just guys that get the job done. Trayvon Diggs as well, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, what a what an addition as well. Stephon Gilmore comes in that defense as well. The vet, the Wiley vet, is going to only help them. Uh, they led the league in, in interceptions last year and, and um, you know, up there in, in top for the sacks as well. I think that defense is going to carry them to a lot of wins. We know they can be explosive on offense. CD Lamb's about to break out, we think. Tony Pollard's about to break out, we think. If they can all kind of click and, and stay healthy, the Cowboys, um, yeah, have the talent to do it. And, and it's it's going to be up to Dak as well to keep, to keep the ball in his hands and not throw it away. I mean, he had a shocking interception ratio last year to touchdown. I mean, he mm. threw a lot of bad interceptions. As, as good as he can be, he threw some really bad interceptions at costly times. And, and thankfully, you know, the defense is so good that he, they bailed him out a lot of the time. But um, we saw him make some costly mistakes down the stretch last year in the playoffs as well. And, um, yeah, it's costly. And, and they can't just continue to turn the ball over. If, if they can kind of win the... The takeaway battle, and, and we know they're going to if, if Dak is clean with the ball because their their defense is that strong. So they're the obvious candidate to to, to knock off the Philly um, Eagles this year in the um, NFC East. And I think again they're going to be a playoff team. And um, yeah, two horse race in the NFC East for mine. But um, I think I've got Philly just hanging on to that. I think they're a little bit warm, well built, just as well. I think I'd I'd much rather have Jalen Hurts as my quarterback than. And Dak Prescott, and that's probably what it comes down to because um, both special teams and defenses are pretty similar for for both clubs. But um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one for the for the Cowboys. But they're going to be strong once again. Yeah, good answer. You can come out next week. Um, <laughs> the, look, I think that the thing about Dallas is that they've got so much talent that they haven't. I think they've relied on talent, and they've never really put it together as an entire franchise at the same time. They've never kind of put together, you know, Dak Prescott consistently, uh, the receivers consistently, the running game consistently, and the defense consistently all at the same time. And quite often, you know, one of them will take over, you know, CeeDee Lamb will take over or Trayvon Diggs will take over or Dak Prescott has one of those games or or whatever it is, or Micah Parsons takes over. And, and we know how good Micah Parsons is. He's just an, an absolute freak. Um, Tony Pollard had a really good season, obviously sharing sharing the load with with Ezekiel Elliott last year. He now takes over as that feature back. They're a really talented uh, but underachieving franchise, I think, across across the board. Trayvon Diggs didn't have the the same kind of season as he had in his his rookie year. You know that that receiver core, Ceedee Lamb, is, is a star, but you know needs to put a, a full season together. Uh, Michael Gallup, again, athletically so dynamic, but hasn't been able to, to stay fit and healthy for an entire season, hasn't been able to put it together for an entire season. Brandon Cooks is another one of those you know, extremely talented kind of guys, but has never really been able to stick with a, with a franchise for more than a couple of years um, since his since his kind of rookie contract. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a really intriguing, um, a really intriguing franchise. I think you're right about Dak Prescott. If he can, if he can kind of limit those, those interceptions, um, you know, they've got the, They've got the defense for, for takeaways. They've got a, a, a top 10, if not a top five offensive line to kind of make things happen. Um, and, you know, one of the big things I think for, for them, one of the things that I kind of noted going into this this um, season preview was the the 
the addition of Brian Schottenheimer into that offensive coordinator's role. I think if you look back at his career, he's been around the league for a long time and, um, you know, he, he probably coached the best three-year stretch of Russell Wilson's career, which is that 2018 to 21 period, 106 touchdowns and, and 25 interceptions, 107.2 passer rating is, is you know, incredible stuff. And if he can do something similar with Dak Prescott, then then they're going to be a, you know, a force to be reckoned with. I think they are a really good team. I think they're – what's their win – What's their win number this year? I think is uh, nine and a half, yeah, which I think is. I mean, I think that's a lock. That, that's one of my locks. I think for for the season, you know, they've had double digit wins for the last couple of years. I think they do it again pretty easily. So, um, yeah, really intriguing. I, I think you're right. They're probably not quite at the Eagles level, but if they put it all together, they can they can do some damage. Um, and I just hope that they don't. So. Um, <laughs> You know, but but I think that they are they're probably the third best team in in the NFC to be honest yeah. behind the Eagles and and the 49ers yeah. and you know any any team that gets to that that point uh in the postseason can can cause some damage if they get there so you know that like you said that they aim to win the Super Bowl every year they talk about it every year but yeah they haven't won a they haven't won a playoff game I think for since 95 or yeah, something we like get that it. so we got it. <laughs> yeah. you have to keep hey, going I'm going to keep I'm going to keep driving at home but you know they've got the talent to do it. Um, so you know, for for all Cowboys fans, you, you know they've got the talent. They've just got to put it together all at the same time. Uh, a team that has started to put it all together. They haven't quite been able to do it at the pointy end of the season just yet. But they've got um, about as much talent as anybody in the competition. Is the Cincinnati Bengals? They finished twelve and four last season. Obviously, um, some schedule issues with the uh, the Demar Hamlin. Uh, Collapsed with with the Bills. I um, mean, they played a game less for the season. It probably cost them in the end. Uh, eight consecutive wins to finish the season. They finished eighth in points scored. Uh, the big question about about the Bengals is: Can they stay healthy? Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon. Um, these guys need to stay healthy for the Bengals to to go on a deep run. Yeah, and, and look, they were they were on their way last year, and of course, um, fell short in the AFC playoff uh, title game. They. Which they won a season ago, uh, or season before that. They are very, very talented team, and and I think they, um, yeah, I think they can they can make it all the way back to the playoff uh, to the Super Bowl this year. I don't um, see their weakness really. I mean, the the, the one kind of area is yeah, the depth behind Joe Mixon at running back now that Pre-Ryan's gone and. Um, obviously, Mixon's had a few issues over the off season. Joe Burrow's injury was, you know, sent shockwaves through um, the state of Ohio, I'm sure, and, and of course the NFL world. But it looks like um, Smoke and Joe will be back for Week One, ready to go this week um, at Cleveland. But I mean, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, um, that is that is a pretty strong trio. Um, there's a big guy called Orlando Brown as well. He's a pretty handy signing for the for the Bengals straight from the um, mm. the Super Bowl winners. Um, but yeah, the you know guys like Von Bell and, and Jesse Bates have gone though. So um, yeah, uh, the Bengals are, are going to be right. Are going to be there when the whips are cracking. I think they're a quality team. Joe Burrow is my pick for MVP. He's the heir apparent for mine, and um, I think the the world will t- the NFL world will take notice if he if he can kind of deliver. I think the um, they don't, they like to spread it around a bit, so um, why not um, entrust Joe Burrow this year with the the MVP honors? But um, the Bengals are the team to beat for mine in the AFC North, and 
can't wait to watch them again. They're going to be um, a pretty special special unit to kind of follow this season. I think they they really did improve their their defense. You know, they they had kind of two big issues coming into last season, which was their defense. They need to cut down on on points conceded, and their offensive line. They need to keep they need to keep Joe uh, Joe Burrow healthy, and and that was really the two big things. And and they were able to to I guess improve both of those um, elements of their squad quite dramatically. I think defensively, they kind of ended with a top six, top seven type defense, um, and and the offensive line did a really good job in. In terms, of, you know, that they were kind of um, quite underrated, I think, for over the course of the season. But the the one real weakness is, and it's amazing when you talk about a guy like Joe Mixon. But uh, the Bengals' rushing was was 29th in yards and 29th in yards per carry over the course of the season. Yeah, you know, they've got to they've got to they've got to create space for Joe Mixon. He's he's a really talented back. Um, we know how how dynamic and, and damaging he can be. He's, he's had some incredible. Games. I think he had what was it a, a two hundred yard rush rush game with four touchdowns and one one court TD as well. Um, yeah, he's a real difference maker. But they've got to they've got to give him the ability to make a difference week after week after week. And they haven't quite gotten to that point where that offensive line can both look after Joe Burrow and create room for for Joe Mixon. But if, I think if they can do that, they, then they can cause some some real damage uh, come the end of the season and maybe take that next step from yeah two seasons back when. Um, when they drop that Super Bowl matchup, but um, look, they're they're a really dangerous team. I think you've hit the nail on the head with Orlando Brown. It's a, a huge, a huge addition for that defense, um, and I think that they're going to be thereabouts come the the pointy end of the season. And another team that that is just perennially there, you know, through the postseason, and is just such a devastating uh, defensive unit is the San Francisco 49 as They start the season against TJ Watt and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, 13 and four, they finished last season, 173 points in the positive 10 consecutive wins to finish the season until, uh, they got dumped out at the, uh, NFC championship game. Uh, obviously a, a bunch of injury issues that they faced at the quarterback, uh, position and, uh, you know, a bunch of other injuries that they, they kind of dealt with throughout the, the course of the season at home, uh, tied with with Dallas for the the equal best record at home eight and one sixth in points scored first in points conceded they are a, a devastating defensive unit yeah absolutely spot on Nick their def- their defense is their one wood for sure and as as devastating as they can be on the offensive side of the ball we know their their weapons on that on that side of the ball it's the defense where you know where they stand up and be counted and and where they're probably arguably the best in the league and um, it was easy to see last year and you know. They've they've kept a host of stars, um, including stealing one of yours as well. Obviously, yeah. Javon Hargrave is a is a big is a big um, introduction to that um, that Forty Niners front line as well. So um, they're going to be scary again, and 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 that home record they always seem to play well at um, at Levi Stadium. So um, let's see what uh, my boy Big Cock Brock can do. Um, he's an absolute star, Brock Purdy. I thought he was fantastic. Going on um, that winning streak last year, he's played obviously won all these regular season games that he started, um, won through to a NFC Championship game before he got injured, and you know unfortunately spoiled what could have been one of the games of the season. But um, yeah, what might have been? But the Eagles were pretty red hot that on that day, regardless of of the injuries there for the Niners. But they they, they look to be the clear two in the NFC once again, don't they? And I can easily see a repeat of those two teams um, going all the way to the NFC Championship 
once again. Um, but yeah, second year blues is going to be the thing for for Brock Purdy and the 49ers, who obviously have gone chips in with him, um, trading Trey Lance away, of course, for for not much, considering what they gave mm. away to get him, uh, well, to trade up to get him at pick three, and then to only play eight games. Um, it's 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 a phenomenal phenomenal trade, and and I, I didn't kind of see it coming. I was very surprised to see that they've gone with Sam Donald as that backup QB uh, at this stage of his career. But um, yeah, I think that shows a lot of faith in Brock Purdy and and and, and that 49ers offense. And 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 to your point and and what I, we were just talking about, I think they just rely and know how good that defense is. So they just want to they just want a steady option with the ball. And um, you know, Purdy. Looked pretty solid last year, as I mentioned, and um, yeah, another big year and healthy kind of offseason for Christian McCaffrey is only going to help. So, I think they're the team to beat in the NFC, mate. Um, obviously, you and the Eagles, uh, sorry, you and the Niners, the Eagles and the Niners, look the two top two seeds, and um, it'll be whoever can kind of fight their way through their division. And I just think the Niners have a slightly easier division than than you guys have got. So. It's kind of why I see them kind of hosting the NFC Championship game this year, kind of being that number one seed. And, um, yeah, I, I, it's going to be hard to stop. They're going to be hard to stop. It, it's, yeah, look, it, it's tough to argue. It's, they're, they're, a real, they're a real good team. They're a really, really, really good team. I mean, they've, they've got star power on, on every line, essentially. I mean, QB is the question. You know, can Brock Purdy do that as a full-time starter now? Obviously, he had nothing to lose. Coming into where he was, you know, he was the third string um, last season. Obviously, not a whole lot of expectations, um, and was able to just go and, and and do what he does. And and you know what what he does is is still really good. You know, he, he looks after the ball well. He doesn't give it away. He doesn't turn it over. Um, you know, he doesn't get intercepted a lot. And he's got so many stars around him on on the offensive side. You look at the the likes of uh, Christian McCaffrey. They bought in. Uh, at the deadline last year, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, uh, George Kittle, obviously can't forget the big man at tight end. Mm. There is so much talent there that, that he doesn't need to do much. You All he needs to do is take care of the ball. Um, he doesn't need to do anything silly. He doesn't need to take huge amount of risks, um, but just look after the ball, take care of the offense and and be that kind of game caller out, out on the field because all the guys around him can do all that all that special stuff, you know, they've got an elite, uh, an elite offensive line. Their defense is absolutely elite. Um, and th- they are going to be really hard to beat. They've got the fifth easiest schedule as well coming to this season. Uh, looking through a couple of different sources that they are going to be really, really tough to beat. And uh, I think, I think you're right. I've got the same NFC matchup as last year. Um, but I think I might have, uh, I think I might have the Niners hosting the Eagles as well, um, if that's what you were, uh, yes, were alluding I to. I was, sorry, yeah, if I, if I went about it in a roundabout way. But I think, yeah, they like I said, I think they look the two obvious standouts in the NFC. And I think it's the Niners just getting the edge for me to be the number one seed just from, from the fact that they'll get um, some easier games within that division, obviously. Double ups against Arizona, um, especially. Um, and then, obviously, Rams and Seahawks. Don't quite have the same strength um, as as the Cowboys and the Giants potentially, and and even the Commanders and the NFC East. So, um, like you said, I think they they are, they're elite all over the field, um, and maybe only injuries and bad luck can stop them once again. But we'll we'll see how they go, um, especially with Brock Purdy. Understand that's going to be an interesting watch. Spot on. Uh, speaking of luck, 
Uh, one team that that seemingly had all the <laughs> luck last season is the Minnesota Vikings. They finished twenty twenty two thirteen and four. Yeah, incredible winning record again, uh, which they've done for for a number of seasons, but a minus three points differential, which is kind of amazing for a team that was nine games over 500. No other 12-win team in NFL history was outscored over the season, much less a 13-win team. Um, Minnesota ranked 27th in Football Outsiders DVOA. In Football Outsiders estimated wins metric, the Vikings profiled as a 6.3 win team, which just goes to, to it, it speaks to um, all those close games that they ended up getting over the line in, that, that they got a bit of luck and were able to, to pull it out you know, in the last couple of minutes. Um some of those those fourth quarter drives or, or holding teams off um, in the last couple of minutes, and I think you know they they finished third last for points conceded last season, and and I guess my question for for the Vikings in when will this luck run out because it it has to at some point. It definitely does, and we saw that kind of luck run out a little bit, I suppose, in in the divisional round or sorry the wild card round where they lost um, that home playoff game against the Giants, which um, obviously they were the the favourite to take that out. But unfortunately, Kirk Cousins couldn't get over the hump and, and get a playoff win there. And it, it was a disappointing um, <clears throat> finish to the season for, for the NFC North champions in the Minnesota Vikings. As you mentioned, 13-4, and four, incredible record. I don't think anyone would have predicted that at the start of the season. Um, for many, probably wouldn't have even had them to win the division, let alone finish with 13 wins. But um, they're, they're, another, they're a smoky to kind of repeat this year, obviously. I know they're all the, um, the kudos and the excitement levels and and the predictions are going towards the Detroit Lions, and I'm, and I'm on that bandwagon for sure. But <clears throat> we know the Lions aren't really built for success. It's, it's a franchise that are absolutely starved of success and doesn't love, um, you know, like I said, I haven't won a division for 30 years. So the Vikings seem to be the obvious candidate to kind of step up if the Lions slip um, with the expectations on the line. So, you know, don't sleep on the Vikings. They're, they've still got a very, very handy roster. There's a guy called Justin Jefferson who is just incredible, and I know you want to talk about his amazing capabilities, but he is just an out-and-out um, superstar and, and obviously the very best wide receiver in the league and, um, you know, potential to be an MVP candidate at, if, we, you know, if we, he can kind of exceed what he did last year. So I think... Um, I think they're still a very, very good team. Their defense is solid. Brian Flores is a new DC. Um, I know you wanted to touch on as well, so that's a, a great addition for the Vikings. So, yeah, I've got them as a as a as a wild card team again this year in the NFC. Um, so, I, I, I like I mentioned, I think I've got the Lions winning that division just at this stage. But yeah, I think the Vikings will be, hang around, and and with the NFC North being a bit weaker, I still think they'll get to kind of around that double digit win mark, which should see them get into a wild card spot. Yeah, I, it's a really it's a really tough one. I think looking at at that kind of um, expected win mark from from last season from Football Outsiders, we, we know how good they are. Uh, that sort of kind of predictive analysis type stuff. Um, they went eleven and zip in regular season games decided by eight points or less, which just you know speaks to to what we were talking about before about some of that that luck that they that they had on their side last season. But having said all that. Listen to some of the names that that have left Minnesota in, in the offseason. Dalvin Tomlinson, Adam Thielen, Patrick Peterson, Eric Kendricks, Zadarius Smith, and Dalvin Cook. And they've replaced those guys with, with you know, pretty decent plays, Byron Murphy, Josh Oliver, Marcus Davenport, etc. 
Um, and, and obviously Brian Flores, as, as you mentioned, is the new new defensive coordinator. But that is a lot of talent, a lot of experience to to be taking off off a, a playoff roster um, that hasn't been replaced with a whole lot. Um, certainly not like for like in, in a number of those those cases. Um, you're right. Justin Jefferson is a stud, and and I have him kind of as a, a smoky for that MVP um, conversation. Just just seeing what he's done in the last couple of years, uh, yeah, at the at the wide receiver position, um, your know, offensive player of the year. He's just an absolute stud. Uh, and I did want to talk about him because I've got a couple of a couple of stats here um, that I just thought were worth worth highlighting. Justin Jefferson broke Randy Moss's NFL record for most hundred yard games through a player's first four seasons. Randy Moss had 23, Jefferson has 24, but the kicker is that Jefferson hasn't even started his fourth NFL season yet. So yeah, that, that number is kind of ridiculous. Um, last season, he he led the NFL in receptions and receiving yards, becoming the youngest player to do so. He broke that record set by legend Don Hudson in 1936. His 4,825 yards through three seasons is the most in NFL history, 662 more than Randy Moss in second place. The single season record for receiving yards is 1,964 by Calvin Johnson. Uh, Jefferson's 1809 last season ranked sixth in that regard, but I don't think it would surprise anyone if if Justin Jefferson breaks that single season receiving yard record sometime soon. Um, you know, if not this year, then that 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 record's always going to be in danger uh, every year while while Justin Jefferson's in the league and and has a QB like uh, like Kirk Cousins. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I think, um, you know, the, the sky's the limit for Justin Jefferson. And, um, you know, he's going to get very solid quarterback play again out of Kirk Cousins. Um, the run game is a little bit concerning, I suppose. Now, obviously, they've had a bell cow there for the last couple of years in Delvin Cook, who, um, you know, has been a very, very reliable running back one. Um, he's obviously had a few injury plague seasons lately. And, and, and Alexander Mattinson stepped up in his place and, extremely well when in in cook's absence but obviously the the weight and the you know the large amount of carries is now going to fall on his shoulders being the rb1 they've brought in miles gaskin as well to fill that running back room a little bit more but yeah perhaps perhaps um you'll see a bit more pressure on on the on the wide receiver corp so yeah i mean justin jefferson's going to be double team triple teams all season you'd think because they're going to want the vikings to run the ball and, and not air it out too much but yeah like I said, they're going to be thereabouts, I think, and um, one of the teams that will be an interesting watch. I'll be surprised if they get to back to 13 wins, but um, funnier things have happened, I suppose. True. Uh, it's Yeah, like I said, it's a real weird one. And, and I don't know, I, I kind of feel like I'd, I'd be surprised if they got to double digits. I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up as a, as a eight-win team, to be, to be honest, um, and, and had a bit of regression from last season. So... I don't know. I think it depends what what avenue you come at it, and I think all the arguments on the Vikings are valid um, because you just don't know what you're going to get from them at any point in time. And and I think going from potentially you know, a, a little overrated franchise, we go into a to what I think is probably one of the most underrated franchises in the competition at the moment. That's the Buffalo Bills who start their season at the Jets. Uh, they finished at thirteen and three last year. Obviously, uh, one less game than uh, most other teams because of the uh, Demar Hamlin uh, issue um, seven consecutive wins to finish the season, fourth in points scored, second in points conceded. And my kind of question to you, Ryan, is: Have we forgotten about the Bills? Yeah, you know, we always we we talk about the Eagles, we talk about the Niners, we talk about the Chiefs, we talk about the Bengals, we talk about the Cowboys. But 
The Buffalo Bills are in the top four in all three football outside of DVOA categories, offense, defense, special teams. They were the only team in the top 10 in all three, let alone top five in all three. Uh, and their three losses for the season came by eight combined points. Have we forgotten about the Buffalo Bills? Oh, I think we have. And I, I think um, they're the team that's been slept on a lot this preseason. Like you said, the teams that you just rattled off, especially the Bengals and Chiefs in the AFC, then, of course, you've got your two star-studded NFC teams that we've just rambled on about. But I think the Bills are definitely the forgotten team for the for the reasons you've just mentioned. They were 13-3. They've lost three games last year um, by the combined total of eight points. Yes, they haven't kind of got over the hump in the in the playoffs yet. I mean, they've had some pretty devastating losses and some amazing games, but I think that's what's holding back, um, I suppose, the, the fanfare for the Bills at the moment. Obviously, they've become a great regular season team. They've won three straight AFC East divisions. That division's got a whole lot tougher, I think, obviously, with the Jets kind of signing Aaron Rodgers and a few other pieces, and then the Dolphins remain strong. So I think that's probably potentially the why people are sleeping on the Bills, but I still think they're far and away the best team in the AFC East on their day, and I've got them winning a four-straight division crown, and um, I'll, I'll tip the boys as well to go all the way to the Super Bowl this year, and hopefully they get over the hump. Josh Allen finally can deliver in the playoffs, and the Bills can deliver. I mean... Dalton Kincaid, the um, the fantasy, uh, the uh, rookie um, tight end, it looks awesome, in, in, and he he looks like a ready made guy just to kind of fill that fill that void that they've needed um, the the Bills and and um, Stefan Diggs has been unbelievable, obviously, but he just needs a bit more help, and I think he's a guy that could give it to him. They've had pretty much no running game. I mean, they started to improve and throw a few different things at, at, at teams last year. Um, but they've obviously moved on from Devin Singletary. They really like what James Cook has done. And he really developed at the back end of last year. But to get Damian Harris as well, so um, a really big red zone threat to help Josh Allen so he's not kind of steamrolling his body in there all the time. And um, I think they're going to be a really good team again. I mean, there's no, there's nowhere they've really declined. They've still got a really strong defense, um, a really strong offensive line. And I think... Um, yeah, they're going to be thereabouts once again. And I think, um, you know, hopefully they can make the leap this year. But um, we know how talented the AFC is in general. But, um, yeah, they've got to get through their division first. But I do see them winning. And, and it's and you're right, I think it's just a team that people have forgotten about. And um, they do have a hard schedule, though, um, rated at the moment, the third hardest in the league. So that'll be interesting to see if they can overcome that as well. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think you're right that there is as good a chance as any to to to, to win their division. Um, you know, any, any as good a chance as any team in the league to win their division. Um, and and it isn't an easy division to to say the least. So yeah, I think they are the best team in in the AFC East. I think they're probably the second best team in the AFC total. I think they're probably a better, uh, more rounded squad than than the Bengals um yeah they've, they've added Leonard Floyd to the pass rush I think you're right about adding Damian Harris to replace Devin Singletary I think that's a really good move I think his ability to kind of cut between the lines and and really kind of kind of bang in those short yardage situations and and in the goal line I think is going to be huge and like you said just kind of save Josh Allen some of those those bruising um bruising goal line runs that that he's been required to to make and take over the last couple of years because they didn't have anyone who could do that. And obviously, 
you know, he's a really dangerous QB with his with his cannon of an arm, but he's also dangerous with his legs. And and I think sometimes you kind of had to overuse the legs because there wasn't many other options. I think you're right that that they do love what James Cook offers uh, in the passing game, and uh, Damien Harris just provides another avenue on the ground that they probably haven't had before. Um, yeah, Josh Allen's an MVP candidate, has been for the last couple of years. Um, he, he's going to be putting his putting his name in lights again. Um, and and you know, one of the things that we haven't really discussed so far is the the, the type of um, impact that Demar Hamlin coming back to the coming back to the team can have. And you know, saw what happened late in the season last year when when he had his um, his collapse and the impact that it had on the franchise. As a whole, I think through those those final couple of se- couple of weeks of, of the regular season, and then into the playoffs, um, but getting him back into the squad and and energized and engaged and, and playing again is such a huge thing. And and I think it's one of those stories that's going to give them legs for, for a while, and and they're going to be you know, up and about from from day one, and uh, they're going to be a really really dangerous team again. Your uh, your Buffalo Bills. My Buffalo Bills indeed. So yes, um, I can't wait to to see how they kind of can get through as as mentioned. And and I think yeah, I don't sleep on that point. I think Demar Hamlin not only obviously is going to be an unbelievable spiritual kind of um, person to have back in the locker room, but he's a damn good player and and you know mm. one that's going to be um, yeah well not sorely missed because he only missed I suppose the last season regular game, but. Um, to have him back in the locker room, and uh, of course, and and to have him his impact on the field as well, it's going to make a, a world of difference. So yeah, looking forward to um, another strong season from my Bills, as you've mentioned there, Nick, a couple of times. So thank you. <laughs> well, I just wanted to make sure that listeners are aware of who who, who you're on this season. Um, so <laughs> just, just just wanted to just just wanted to uh, you know give give the crew some some insight. <laughs> if it changes, I'll let you guys know. You'll be first to know. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, moving right along uh, from your team to my team, my Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles, the should have been Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia oh, Eagles, finished the season 14-3, and three, uh, second in points scored, led the league in sacks, uh, third all-time in history, 70 sacks for the season, first time in NFL history with four 10-sack players. Look, the Kansas City Chiefs are an incredible franchise. They're an incredible team. They've got an incredible quarterback. They've got an incredible coach. And they deserve it. Super Bowl winners. But the Eagles played a damn good game, and Jalen Hurts probably should have been MVP. Uh, having said that, that's not the way it turned out, uh, and you just got to move on. But there is so much talent on that offense, and we're not even getting into the defense yet, but A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas got it. Yeah, the best O line in the, in the league. It's, it is getting a little bit older, but you know they're all still there. Um, they're going to be a really tough team to beat. And and again, I think it's not a particularly tough schedule. I think it's rated about the ninth, the tenth easiest schedule. So kind of middle of the road, uh, a little bit easier than average. But um, I think they're going to be tough to beat again. Yeah, and and I think it's and and as well as good as again they've been on offense. It, I think it does start on your defense. And, I mean, the fact that your defense just created that many turnovers last year, um, you know, they, they hit the quarterback constantly. They put um, your offense and Jalen Hurts into fantastic short field positions so many times. And um, they actually became the first team ever last year to have four different players with double-digit sacks uh, in a season since uh, sacks became official about 40 years ago. So I think... 
they are just devastating. One of those players, though, of course, that we've just mentioned um, a couple of minutes ago is Javon Hargrave, who's obviously returning for probably your biggest rival in the mm-hmm. conference. So um, that does hurt in a in a sense. But you've added some depth, obviously, at in the running back room, um, which you know you, you said goodbye to Miles Sanders, but to add a guy like Rashad Penny and, and DeAndre Swift um, to that offense is. Is pretty well done. Obviously, you've got that core group that you mentioned in terms of your two key wide receivers and plus your awesome tight end. And then there's a guy called Jalen Hurts who, you know, uh, will be in the MVP conversation once again, no doubt, and uh, showed how talented he is last year. He took such a big leap, didn't he, last year? It was it was funny because this time last year, we were just kind of, we're both on board. We both were big believers of what we saw at the end of 2021 from Jalen Hurts. Mm. And we kind of, really imagine him to have a massive year, but probably he over-exceeded all expectations from from us and even like diehard Eagles supporters like yourself. So um, it was a really great fairy tale year for the um, the Eagles. Obviously, it ended in pretty heartbreaking fashion, but um, a season they could be proud of. And obviously, NFC champions is nothing to to sneeze at. And I think, again, they'll, they'll be there at the pointy end of the season and it's hard to see them kind of um, going backwards. So... Another 12-13 win season is is not guaranteed, but it, it looks on the cards. And it's just that, that curse of the NFC East. Can you kindly finally get over the hump and win back-to-back um, division titles? And if you can do that um, and retain home field advantage, I think you'll, um, you'll obviously be in the NFC Championship game once again. Yeah, look, it's a good point, that, that NFC East curse. It, it is a thing, you know. It, it's, it's been around for, for 20 nearly 30 years um and it's just the, the the way that it is and and the way that it has been but there isn't i don't think there's going to be a better opportunity for a team to take that next step and and do it than than the eagles now um yeah the, the thing that the thing that is kind of scary i think as an eagles fan obviously i don't think you can expect jalen hurts to take the the sizable leap that he took from uh 2021 to 2022 like that was an incredible leap leap like you mentioned I, I think he will get better obviously not not to the same scale but I think that, that there are some key areas that he can get better and that's obviously throwing the ball passing the ball which I think he will he will do he's got three elite options in in the passing game plus uh, DeAndre Swift who can contribute um, and there's a number of options in in that offense um, but his leadership as well and I, I truly think that he has the ability to be the best leader in the competition. And I think he's just got this innate internal drive to continue getting better. And I think, I think the Super Bowl loss hurt him. I think it hurt him kind of personally that he couldn't get it done. Yeah. As much as he tried and, and he had an incredible game that he couldn't get it done. And I feel like, yeah, watching him over the off season and watching him work and, and all those sorts of things. And, and the way that he spoke after the Super Bowl, he's just got this drive to get better and better and better and do whatever it takes. And I think that's kind of, I think a lot of professional athletes have a drive inside them to to kind of quote unquote do whatever it takes. But there's another level that I think only the really special athletes get to, and I think that he's got that in him. Um, and I'd be really surprised if if Jalen Hurst didn't take another step forward into being that you know best leader in the in the competition, MVP candidate again, uh, and, and leading his team to to success. For sure, and and look, the argument could have been made that uh, he was still the MVP of the Super Bowl 
um, in a winning low, uh, in a winning uh, in a winning side, in a losing side. So you know he, mm. he was absolutely phenomenal. He like you said, he did everything he possibly could, but you could definitely tell on the hurt on his face and you know what it meant to him. Um, so losing that one when, but you know he's a very young player. He's got plenty more opportunities to come back and and bounce back. So um, yeah, expect another huge year from Jalen Hurts and. Um, I think um, the Eagles will go a long way again this season, of course, as we just mentioned. Which takes us to our Super Bowl champions, mate. Super Bowl champions. The Kansas City Chiefs kick off their season against the rising Detroit Lions. Uh, finish the season like the Eagles, 14-3, and 127 points to the positive, five consecutive wins to finish the season. First in the league for points scored, second in the league for sacks with 55. And I'm just getting sick of them. I'm getting sick of them. Can they just go away now? Like in five years, they've won two Super Bowls, lost another one, and lost two more championship games in overtime. Can they just go away now? No, I joke. They're, they're incredible. They're an incredible team. And if there's any team that you want to lose a Super Bowl to, it's it's, it's Patty Mahomes and the Chiefs. And you know, any any team that that starts with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes is going to be a great team. And then you add in your Travis Kelsey and your Chris Jones, assuming he comes back and and kind of plays. But they, they're just in, an incredible team. They're an incredible franchise, and you know they are. Uh, they're a, a, a dynasty. Uh, absolutely, no doubt about it. The the closest thing we've seen to one since, obviously, the the New England Patriots, and you know they've already won seven straight division titles, um, as well as as all those um, accolades you just mentioned in terms of five straight championship games, all of which I think they've hosted um, at Harrowhead Stadium, mm-hmm. showing that you know they've been they've been the number one seed or the the very um, very very strong team within the regular season and. It's hard to see them not continuing that this season. I think we both jumped off. We didn't jump off the bandwagon, I don't think, but um, we both wanted to see the Chargers kind of ascend and, and take the next step last year, and we both actually tipped the Chargers to upset the Chiefs for the, the AFC West title. Obviously, it didn't pan out that way, but I think we've both quickly um, reminded ourselves <laughs> that they are pretty darn good, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, and we've both picked them to to win again this season. Um Chris Jones is the one, isn't it? That's going to be the interesting one. And from the latest we've heard is that um, he is holding out. Um, we probably won't see him week one, as far as I know. So that's obviously got big ramifications. Um, yes, they can win without him week one. You know, it's, it's, it's one game at home to start the season. Whether or not they can keep winning without him all season, if he, if he doesn't show up and he, they can't reach a deal, remains to be seen. But... Um, He's he's a completely you know dominant figure in that defense, so it's going to be, um, yeah, a shock if he doesn't kind of suit up, and and they, I'm sure they'll get it done. But um, yeah, goodness me, they they just found a way, weren't they? And, and obviously, all the the noise was losing Tyree Kill. Who would Patty throw it to, and how would that kind of offense look? But Travis Kelsey got better somehow, and uh, there he just Mahomes just made it work, and obviously MVP. Of the league, MVP of the Super Bowl, the man's on top of his game. He's obviously the best player in the world, and uh, I, I, I can see their success continuing while um, while Andy Reid's still there and number fifteen still at quarterback. It's it's mm. they're pretty hard to pretty hard to beat. Yeah, really hard to beat. Oh, Chris Jones is a huge one. I mean, I think he had what did he? He had eighteen sacks, I think, out of their fifty-five. I mean, he's he's just a difference maker in in that defense. And uh, if he's not there for for some or all of the season, then then that's a huge blow for the Chiefs. But I I do think that the Chiefs get something done. And 
um, and, and that he comes back at some point, whether it's you know week one, week two, week six. I, I think that he he does come back. Um, it's worth noting that last season the Chiefs had the fourth easiest schedule in the, in the NFL, according to Football Outsiders. Mm-hmm. This season they have the fifth toughest schedule. Uh, it's just, just something to keep an eye on. I think we, we were both kind of like you said, we were looking looking at the Chargers to to take the next step and and potentially see a little bit of regression in in the Chiefs, um, given they had lost some talent, you know, the likes of, of Tyreek Hill and 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 that sort of stuff, and they didn't really have what looked to be a difference maker in the in the the receiving game. Obviously Travis Kelsey is essentially their their number one receiver. But um you know Mahomes just makes it work. It doesn't matter who lines up. It doesn't matter where they line up. He just makes it work. Um you know a bit of a revolving door at, at running back as well. Um I think that yeah they finally landed on uh Pacheco and, and he'll be the starter I think this season. So you know, they do look a little bit more settled this year. I still don't think they have a huge amount of talent in that receiver core. They've brought in Kadarius Tony, who could be just about anything. Um, you know, could be a, a huge flop, but also, you know, could, could be, could by the end of the season, could be their number one receiver quite easily. So, you know, they're, they're going to be a real interesting watch. And, and you know, having, having been through what we went through with the Chiefs last season, you'd be, you'd be a silly, silly person to, uh, to count them out again. Yeah, exactly right, and and it's probably why we've, um, you know, seen the senses or come to our senses this year and gone. You know what? We'll pick Kansas City to win the AFC West, and it's probably a good little segue, <laughs> mate. Um, Absolutely. Well, well, I think I think that probably wraps it up for our, our season preview. Do you have any any kind of final thoughts uh, on anything that we we've, we've discussed so far? Uh, we are going to come back very very soon with our I guess final preseason picks and uh, some futures and and that sort of stuff. So. Uh, get ready to, to listen to that in the next couple of hours, in the next day, whenever you whenever you listen to this. Uh, it'll be out very, very soon. But uh, any any final thoughts uh, ahead of the new season? Uh, look, if you've if you've held on this long, I think you've got all our thoughts. We've um, we've been rambled on for a long time on all thirty two teams. But yeah, look, can't wait for the season to start. And uh, yeah, thank thank goodness for the uh, three a.m. alarms on Monday morning again. Can't wait. Well said. Well, we'll be back very shortly with our preseason picks. And as always, go birds. Go birds.